0: Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Congresswoman Liz Cheney has only a few weeks left to serve in Washington, D.C. Wyoming voters have made their voices heard at the polls. And while Trump's influence went a long way in Wyoming, his endorsed candidates in Alaska have more work to do to claim victory. Here's NTD's Melina Wisecup with the details.
1: Trump endorsed Harriet Hageman prevailed in Wyoming's primaries by a large margin. Hageman won over 30 percent more votes than current Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Wyoming has spoken on behalf of everyone all across this great country who believes in the American dream, who believes in liberty, and who recognizes that our natural rights, the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, equal protection, and due process come from God. She's now up against Democrat candidate Lynette Graybull. They'll compete for Wyoming's single seat in the U.S. House of Representatives, where Liz Cheney has only a few weeks left to serve, but she says she has bigger goals in mind. That I will do whatever it takes to ensure Donald Trump is never again anywhere near the Oval Office, and I mean it. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. The defeated congresswoman is now considering a run for president in 2024. Trump commenting on her loss on Truth Social wrote, now she can finally disappear into the depths of political oblivion, where I am sure she will be much happier than she is right now. Now, Congresswoman Liz Cheney is only one of two Republicans currently sitting on the January 6th Select Committee, her and Congressman Adam Kinzinger, neither of which will be returning to Congress come next year. Now, what's interesting about last night's primaries with Cheney's loss, this now means that only two of the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump will be holding on to their House seats. That's Congressman Dan Newhouse and Congressman David Valadeo. The other Congress members are are leaving, four of which are retiring. The other four lost their primaries. Now, while Trump's endorsement is showing to hold ground in Wyoming, voters in Alaska are less convinced. Trump campaigned for Kelly Shabaka to replace Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski. Both candidates will move on to the midterms because of Alaska's unique ranked choice voting system. Murkowski won around 2,000 more votes than Trump endorsed candidate Shabaka. And so I hope that we do not become the party of one person. I hope that we do not become the party of Donald Trump. We need to be the party of those strong values. As for Alaska's single House seat, the Democrats are favored to win. Moving on to the November election is Democrat Mary Peltola, who's leading by a few percentage points over Trump-backed candidate Sarah Palin. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Wisecup, NTD News.
0: 92% of Trump-endorsed candidates have won their primaries thus far. Here to assess the landslide victory for Trump-backed candidate Harriet Hageman in Wyoming, we have Virginia candidate for Congress, Leon Benjamin. Leon Benjamin, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report.
2: Hey, God bless you, Steve. Good to be, good to be, good to be back with you, man.
0: Leon, a, a pretty decisive victory for former President Trump-backed candidate uh, Harriet Hageman in Wyoming against incumbent Republican uh, Liz Cheney. What's your assessment there?
2: Well, the handwriting was on the wall. Uh, I think the people are just fed up with uh, the establishment uh, and the and the rhino mentality, and it's it's time to keep. Uh, the the mega train moving uh, keep things fresh about bringing America back to its greatness again, and Liz Cheney uh, obviously had showed uh, her hand that she did not want uh, anything to do with making America first, uh, but literally making America last, and so it was her it was her time to go.
0: Leon, so of the ten members of Congress um, who voted uh, to impeach the former president, only two have survived. Uh, four quit before they had even had to face the voters. Um, what does this story tell us? Do you think Trump is still a uh, political force?
2: Well, let, let me tell you something. It's it's obvious right now that uh, President Donald Trump is leading the Republican party and it's it's going to be like that for some time. Uh, we, we have to understand America is in a crisis right now and only uh, through the vision of, of MAGA uh, America first, are we gonna get it back to its splendor and glory again? So uh, he he is the leader of the Republican party. No doubt about it, no question.
0: Now, you have a race you're running in yourself in Virginia's fourth district. Uh, I'm sure you have your finger on the pulse of uh, what the voters are thinking and feeling. Is January 6th top of mind? And what are you hearing from uh, the people?
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's getting very obvious. Uh, people don't want the high gas prices. They don't want the inflation through the roof. They don't want the illegal immigration. They don't want our children being told uh, that they are another sex. Uh, they don't want our parents being thrown out of school board meetings. It's obvious. Uh, the people want not, not just uh, things to uh, be uh, different. They want things to get better, and they want, they, they want the change that they know is going to make the money get back into their wallets, into their pocketbooks. And that's the way we see it. We're going to take that seat. My incumbent doesn't even want to debate me. He doesn't want to be seen in the room with me. And that's scary for the constituents of the fourth if your representative doesn't want to give and share his views so that the people can make an intelligent decision.
0: I just want to bring it back uh, quickly to the, the race last night. Do you see the decisive margin that Cheney lost by, uh, given her large win when she did win two years ago, 73 percent? I believe it was in her previous election she won. Um, is this more of a referendum on the January 6th committee uh, than anything else?
2: It's, it's the, the American people are not stupid. They're not dumb. They know something is not right. And they are now making their voice heard at at the polls, and 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 if anyone else, uh, I guess can can see this, surely I mean Liz Cheney should have saw this that the people, are, American people, are much smarter uh, than what they give gave them credit for, and they showed it last night. They showed it that look, we're done with it. Enough is enough. Let's get uh, America back to its greatness again.
0: We've heard of this term, Trump derangement syndrome, often in jest, but it does seem that the former president has the ability to get under the skin of his uh, opponents. Why do you think that is?
2: I I think it's because of the mere fact that the establishment did not want things to get better. They want things to stay the same way. Uh, they, they, They didn't want America to be first. And so this TDS that you're seeing was nothing more than a brash New Yorker uh, coming into the White House to put things (laughs) the way it should be, which is America first. And that's what that TDS is all about. These people don't want America first. They want America last.
0: Leon Benjamin, thank you.
2: God bless you, Steve.
0: Welcome back to NTD's Capital Report. I'm Steve Lance. Here's a new development for oil and gas companies in the United States. An appeals court today ruled that the federal government is allowed to pause leasing new land for drilling biden's administration stopped issuing new oil and gas leases in january 2021 to reduce fossil fuel drilling a louisiana district court previously blocked the leasing pause on gas and oil but the appeals court today vacated the decision meaning the lower court's block is void natural gas prices have skyrocketed to 14-year highs more than five times higher than two years ago. The spike might offset the falling prices at the gas pump. Lawmakers are saying energy independence is a matter of national security, and the Inflation Reduction Act includes spending to transition the U.S. to renewable energies. To discuss these issues, I spoke with Congressman Gary Palmer of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Congressman Gary Palmer, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Uh, if Republicans do take the House, which seems likely right now, what are going to what are some of the top priorities for you guys going to be?
3: I think uh, the top priority for us is going to be open up U.S. energy resources. Uh, we were on the verge of achieving in- energy independence, and uh, which is not only a huge economic issue uh, for American consumers, but it's also a national security issue as people in Europe are, are finding out now uh, in in view of their dependence on Russia so uh, we will immediately work on uh, expediting permitting opening up leases and my hope and I don't know if this is possible but my hope is is to restart the Keystone XL pipeline at sometime in in the future
0: you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, the second component of of energy, which is national security. Uh, What are your concerns? Can you break that down for us a little bit?
3: Well, in the 1970s, during the Carter administration, uh, we were facing uh, fuel shortages. And you're too young to remember this, but I remember uh, being able to buy gas on certain days, based on whether or not your license plate ended in an odd number or an even number. We had gas lines. Uh, that's when they lowered the speed limit to 55, because we became dependent on OPEC nations for our, our fuel, for our oil. We, we do not want to be in that position. Uh, we have such abundant uh, reserves of natural gas and oil, we will never consume it all. We, if we did the right thing, we would be building uh, liquefied natural gas processing facilities, and shipping natural gas to Europe so that they don't have to depend on Russia. We would be opening up new refineries. On top of all of that, we've got uh, liberal uh, politicians in the Northeast buying Russian natural gas. Not only is it more expensive than U.S. gas, it has 42 percent more emissions. It's, It's dirty gas, so just in terms of national security, We should be in a position where we're providing uh, energy resources to our allies in Europe and around the world. It it is a form of of, um, power projection, uh, literally, to to have the the amount of reserves that we have in natural gas and oil and be able to to provide that to our allies all over the world. That's how, how you would bring Russia down. And, and, um, and get them out of the, uh, the position that they're in of intimidating their neighbors.
0: Congressman, I just want to crack open the topic of renewable energy. Um, there's a lot of parts to this topic. I guess the first question would be, uh, Democrats tend to paint the picture that Republicans are against renewables and that it's an ex- it's existential crisis, the uh, climate change. What's your take on those two points?
3: Well, I don't think we are facing an existential crisis in climate change. The climate has always been changing, and, and because of, of fossil fuel, we have developed the machinery and, and the technological capability to adapt to and mitigate the climate change that we can't do anything about. And to give you a quick example, we, we had a hearing with a couple of uh, Biden officials. I'm on the Select Committee on the Climate Crisis, and I asked them this one simple question. Has the Sahara always been a desert?" And um, one of them, who is the director of, of scientific affairs for the State Department, said she couldn't answer because she's not a scientist. Did I tell you that she's over scientific affairs? And, and they, they said they didn't know. I said, well, the answer is no. It's only been a desert about 5,000 years. Prior to that, there were Nubian and Egyptian settlements there. They were farming. There were grasslands, woodlands, there was water. And I said, what do you suppose caused the Sahara to become a desert? And their response was, we don't know. Okay, you're, you're in here trying to convince the country that, that we're all going to die from climate change, but you don't know the basic facts from the geologic record? The answer is, most scientists believe the earth changed its tilt on its axis about 10 or 12,000 years ago, changed the wind patterns, and over time, over about a 10 or 12,000 year period which is a blink in in geologic time, the Sahara became a desert. Archaeologists are excavating Nubian and Egyptian settlements right now. And the point that I would want to make to your audience is that if the Nubians and Egyptians of that time period had had the same desalination and irrigation technology that Israel uses today, they'd still be living in that part of the world. But they didn't have that ability to adapt. The other thing that... Uh, people need to understand about renewables, and I'm not against renewables. I think uh, hydropower is is a form of renewable power, but renewables only account for about three percent of the world's total power production. Fossil fuels account for 80 percent. In Alabama, where I'm from, we're, we're the only state that's building a new power generation facility, and it's natural gas. The entire site will be 300 acres. Its maximum generating capacity will be 700 kilowatt hours. To get the same output from a, a wind farm would take about 70,000 acres. Uh, and, and a wind farm life cycle will be about 30 years. That natural gas facility will be 60 to 65. A next generation nuclear, which would sit on about 600 acres, would be 100 years. And uh, your turbine blades are not recyclable. Your turbines start losing generate capacity after 10 years. Uh, same thing with your solar uh, farms. The solar panels are not recyclable, and we will be dependent on China for for the panels. It, it it is not a sensible approach to to providing the energy need, meeting the energy needs of the United States or the rest of the world, for that matter.
0: Congressman Gary Palmer, thank you. Thanks, Steve.